Welcome to another inspiring message from Milestone Church in Keller, Texas. I took my youngest on a date. I have three daughters, so I get to go on lots of dates. Uh, and she was waiting for me on Friday night. I had some things going on. I showed up, and she's walking around in this little sequin outfit. She came up, she said, Dad, I'm wearing this for you, but it's itchy. I said, baby, beauty is pain. I'm sorry. Thank you. Found out she had done the little devotional in here. I'm talking about just the principle. She had in there, what is God saying to me? God's the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. How can I apply it? She said, I'm praying about helping me not be mean to my little friend or whatever who's maybe being mean to her. And then she said, talk to God about it. She had little comments there about God saying to her, live open-handed and not closed-fisted. Here, here's the principle of why I tell you that. No matter where we're at, if you turn aside to meet with God, he'll show up no matter what age, what experience you have, he'll speak to you. And he's gonna speak to all of us together as we go through this. Romans 12, I wanna talk this week about living God's way. See, I don't, I don't find a lot of people when they see, okay, this series is about beyond. I find a lot of people would say, I wanna go beyond where I am. I mean, I've got some things that I'd like to get beyond. Some of my challenges, some of my circumstances, some of the things that are holding me back. I'd like to move beyond in my business. I'd like to move beyond in my relationships. Maybe people that I care for, I'd like to see them move beyond. So I wanna move beyond where I am to where God's taking me. And I think everyone would say that. The challenge is for a lot of people, they don't know how. They don't even know what that looks like. Like how does this beyond God take us beyond where we are? Romans 12 is a starting place. It says, therefore I urge you brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Notice that interesting language. All the way leading up to Jesus, to appease God for a moment, there were animals that were sacrificed. Jesus becomes the ultimate sacrifice for us, but it says we live our lives as living sacrifices. The difference in an animal, you put it there, and it's sacrificed, it's over. The problem is we're living sacrifices, we tend to crawl off the altar. We tend to move away from it, right? But it says we're these living sacrifices, look at this, living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. I wanna encourage you with everything we're doing over the next few weeks. It's not manipulation, it's not coercion, God's not gonna strong arm you. God doesn't force you, he brings us as a living sacrifice before him and the truth is if you're gonna go beyond in your life, you'll never do it out of willpower. You'll only do it out of worship. You'll do it out of the internal by saying, God, you are so good, out of a heart of gratitude, out of a heart of worship, out of my love for you. Yes, Lord, yes, yes. Says it is true and proper worship. Says do not conform to the pattern of this world. This is telling us from scripture, we have a tendency to look at the wrong pattern. We have a tendency to get hung up on the old patterns of our past. We have a tendency to look back way too much at other patterns and the wrong things. Don't look at the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You're gonna see this through this journey that much of the block for you going beyond resides in here. It's how you think. 
the renewing of our minds. It says, then you will be able, this is where you come in. I want you to know this through this whole journey. It's bigger than the practical steps we're taking as a church. It's about you being able to understand this God. You being able to what? Test and approve what God's will is. The good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. I find that is a common question that I get. See, speaking of phones, people think we as pastors have the hot phone, the red phone to God. And they always are asking, look, I'm praying about this. I don't know. Should I marry her? Should I take this job? What do you think about this business deal? I have a couple of things right now, this last week. A young man who's in a dating relationship, he's asking me about it. How do I do that? And praying about that dating relationship. Another business person saying, hey, I have this investment thing. What do you think about it? You know, pray with me about it, pastor. So, so it's like, you know, it's like, hello, God. Hey, can you give me the answer? Nothing wrong with having people pray. Nothing wrong with getting wise counsel. But this verse says, you can test and approve the will of God. How do you learn to test and approve the will of God? Well, a lot of people want to know the will of God, but they don't want to do the preceding verses. The starting place to knowing the will of God is surrendering your agenda, surrendering your hangups, surrendering your past, surrendering your preferences, surrendering yourself completely to him saying, yes, God, yes, whatever you desire. As I said, God's not gonna strong arm us. This is not about acquiescing. This is not about just coming to a place where I have to. God doesn't really work that way. It's about a willingness. It's about a desire, it's coming out of the heart. And so we're gonna see this as a biblical pattern this week. I wanna show you a modern day story, then I wanna come back and make it real practical and and show you some of the steps and how this works in this idea of living God's way. And uh, yet you're gonna see that it happens in real life today, but it's also a pattern that we see throughout scripture. Watch this with me and I'll come back and talk to you about it practically. For over 15 years, people from all walks of life have called Milestone Church home. Year after year, our vision has stayed the same, reaching people and building lives. As we've been faithful to this vision, we've seen hurting people healed, generations of families changed, and lost people find hope in Jesus. accepted Jesus as my savior, but my life didn't really change like it should have. I never surrendered myself 100%. I say I love God, but then my walk was not pleasing to God. I know it wasn't. You know, I, I just kind of had one foot in, one foot out. You know, I'm gonna keep doing these things that I know aren't pleasing to you, but you know, I'll come back to church and I'll apologize to you. You know, outside looking in, pe- people might think that everything's perfect. You know, I've got a good job. I've got a nice house. I've got cars. I've got everything that I would have never dreamed of having while still trying to 
hold it all together on my own. And, and it was affecting my, my home life. You know, having arguments with my wife and blaming her for why I wasn't happy. And so we had a very chaotic marriage. You know, I was filling it with a lot of self-pleasing actions, whether it was money, material possessions, inappropriate relationships. I just wasn't happy. I was at the height of my career and everything just felt right, but I still was not 100% in with God. All of a sudden, the, the dealer group that I was working for just fell apart and they made the decision they were gonna sell. I went into a slump, sleepless nights, anxiety, couldn't eat, you know, was having arguments with my wife, just chaos. And it wasn't until we went to the prepare service and to me, this was like last resort. You know what, I, I've just, I've kinda, I'm at a point where I've got nowhere else to go. I decided for prepare that I was gonna, I was gonna go all in with the fast and just held on to, to what God's promises are. And through that fast, I just prayed, I pressed into God and it was the hardest thing I had ever done. I saw huge revelation in, in my spiritual walk with God and broke so many strongholds in my life. I just kept reading the Bible and you know, I asked God to just renew my mind, fill my heart, fill me with your Holy Spirit because I need it every day. I fully surrendered to God and was able to be completely transformed. He transformed my marriage. He transformed my life with my kids, my, my career. You know, he transformed my entire walk of how I live my daily life. And so after the fast, we went through several of the programs that, that the church offers. You know, we, we did Financial Peace University, and I found a, a gentleman there on, on, on the small groups that I linked up with. And I still meet with him every week. And right now, I'm about to start another small group. For me, you know, all the difference has been made through my, my walk and my seeking Christ and, and being connected to, to Milestone. I, I want to please him, and I want to live for him. I learned how to allow him to be in control and anything that has to do with what God wants me to do, I'm in. To see the transformation in your life, you have to surrender to God. From the very beginning of Milestone, we've had many stories like this. Maybe your story is similar. You may not even know it, but when you engage with the church, you help make these kind of stories possible. When you serve, when you give, when you love people, you add your part to the most evangelistic environment on the planet, the local church. More than an organization, the church is a spiritual family, and it's a growing family. At each step along the way, Faithful people made sacrificial decisions to make room for others. And as a church family, we've arrived at another one of these moments. It's hard to believe, but in almost two years since we moved into our new building, once again, we're having space issues. We've added several thousand people. In fact, 400 people were baptized in 2018, more than ever in the history of Milestone. We celebrate with every single one. But because of this growth, some of our services are at 90% capacity. This isn't a problem if you come by yourself, but if you come with your family or your friends, 
it won't be easy to find a seat together. But we're not just reaching people, we're building lives too. In these same two years, we've had more than 2,500 adults engage with our grow track. And that's our simple plan to help every person take their next steps in their relationship with God. We're in everyone church. So we want every person to have every opportunity to become who God created them to be. We're so grateful for everything God has done in the lives of people like you. But we're now at capacity. So we either make more space or we put a sign out front that says we're full, there's no vacancy. We know that's not an option. We know that's not the heart of Jesus. Another reason we need to create more space is we're living in a divine moment where God is bringing people from across the country, around the world, to our area. And we wanna have plenty of room to serve them, to have an opportunity for them to hear the message of Jesus. We're taking our next step in the original vision that God gave us to reach people and to build lives. And every time we've taken another step to make more space, God sends people our way and we see new stories of transformation in the lives of real people. And I'm excited to share with you our next step, a spiritual journey we're calling Beyond. And this is a church-wide campaign that includes a message series, a daily devotional, and small groups. We love campaigns. We're a campaign church because we like to take steps together. Our inspiration for this specific campaign came from Ephesians 3.20. It says this, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us. Notice it says that God is able. He's able to do beyond what we can currently see or think. But notice it's according to the power that's working within us. He does the impossible. He does that which is beyond what we're seeing today, but he does it through us. Now I wanna tell you a little bit more practically about what we're going to do. The first thing we're going to do is add about 900 additional seats to our worship center by removing the temporary wall. To make this clear, the back wall of our worship center is a temporary wall and it's designed to be removed in order to add the new seating. Our original vision from the very beginning was to have 2,500 seats, but we felt like as we took this step to our new building, it was not a wise decision to try to stretch and move in at that size. But we also believe that it was poor stewardship to not have a plan that would allow us to continue to grow and also to have our current services uninterrupted as we worship together. The next thing we need is additional kid space. And as much as we need more room in the worship center, here's what I'm excited about our kids. The kids aren't waiting to get in the big room to do something great for God. They're following Jesus now. They're leading their friends now. And many of them are dragging their parents to church now. We love this. We want to make more room for them to keep taking steps. When you walk into our kids area, you see one of our favorite phrases. You don't have to wait to be great. You can be a great kid. Our kids are learning discipleship and living this out as they lead and serve others. 
We're creating more space for more kids to realize the huge gifts God has placed in them now. Students are experiencing a move of God on Wednesday nights. They're literally taking over the whole church. What's more exciting though, is they're taking Jesus with them to their classrooms, to their school campuses in their homes. We are raising a generation of Christian leaders, not followers, those who are shaping the culture and changing the future. They aren't just the future leaders of Milestone, they are the present leaders. They lead us. I love being led in worship by our student leaders. We've learned also that every time we make space for people, we also have to make space for your cars. So we're adding more parking at this phase as well. Some of the people that we've had help us with the due diligence phase and we've met with have suggested we find quicker ways to get people on and off campus. But when you're part of a relational, connected church family, you're just not in a hurry to leave. We don't wanna lose this, but it does increase the number of spots that we need. In the total project for our parking, we will have 1,500 spots. We're believing to add this parking at the very beginning of us starting construction on this project, adding a little over 600 new additional spots and those spots wrapping around to the east of the building to make parking and access to the building more simple and easy. Finally, we'll increase our commons to better accommodate people moving throughout our campus. This starts with a problem that many of you I know may have already experienced, and that is the way we move in and out of the worship center. We're increasing the number of air-conditioned entry and exit points to ensure comfortable and efficient access. We're believing this will increase the overall quality of the worship experience as people are able to exit more freely. Well, in order to take these steps, we're believing God for a three-year commitment of $15 million. We like to say we're an everyone church, we're a spiritual family, but in an everyone church, we take steps together. Everyone has value, everyone has a part, and every time we take a step, we want everyone to come with us. That's the thing that excites me the most about going on these spiritual journeys. I know God's going to provide, but what I want is for every person to go on the journey. I don't want anyone to be left out. So what am I asking you to do? I'm asking you to go on the journey. I'm asking you to pray and let God speak to you and tell you what he wants you to do. And then when you know what he's asking you to do, just do that. It's that simple. That's what Brandy and I are doing personally. And I know if we all do this, not only will we hit the financial need, but will grow into the kind of people who are ready to serve and love the people God wants to send. As I look back over the years, here's what I've learned as your pastor and as someone walking out my own faith, just like you. When God calls me to go beyond, it's more than the steps we take in our walk with God, it's how we take them. Every time we go beyond where we are, there's more of Him He wants to show us more of learning how to hear his voice, more of learning how to pray with our family, with our spouse, with a group of singles together in a small group, more of us getting his heart, more of his love for people, more of how to take a step and step out in faith. 
God's going to show us all how to do this. And we're gonna do it together. And that's why I'm excited to go on this spiritual journey with you. It's always inspiring when you see surrender, when you see a group of people surrendered to God's plan in their generation. It's inspiring to see Fernando. I mean, you look at it and it's like, that's so inspiring, but yet if we were a part of his journey, it's not always easy because there's so many lies there saying, don't do this, don't surrender. And that's what the enemy tries to do is keep us from continuing on our journey with where God wants to take us because surrender is many times this internal battle that we face. But yet, here's, here's what we need to know. The truth is, on the backside of a surrendered life and a surrendered moment is always more of God. And we see that, the fulfillment, the significance. A lot of times when we think we're protecting ourselves from surrender, we're actually shielding ourselves from the person of God, the promise of God. There's so much of God on the other side of it. And so I'd like to show you that this is a biblical pattern. In fact, living God's way is a life of surrender. It just is. If you read the real Bible, the B-I-B-L-E, then all of these stories in here point us to the fact that God continually brings those that are following him back to moments of complete surrender to his desires and not our own. I love the story of Abraham. Right here he starts as Abram. I'd like to give it to you just because I think we can relate to it. We can relate to Noah and Moses and the apostles. And by the way, even Jesus, the Jesus who lives in us, not my will, Father, but your will be done, surrendering his own desires to his Father's desire and his Father's purpose, which is an eternal purpose. And by the way, we're tying in to that same eternal purpose from the Old Testament to the New Testament through the purpose and plan of God through Jesus. It says here, now the Lord said to Abram, go forth from your country, from your relatives, from your father's house to the land I will show you. He says this, and I will make you a great nation. There's nothing about this that makes practical sense. 75 years old, God has a plan for him and he's, he has a desire to give him a child and he has a plan of a place to take him. And I want you to understand this, at this time, there was a tribal nature, there was a, a very communal living and safety and security was a high priority. And so Abraham here, or Abram at this moment, he's, he's, he's in a place where he has some affluence. He's, he's not at a phase of life where you really wanna make a lot of radical changes yet God, and God has a way of doing that. God comes in and says, here's what I have for you. I want you to go. I want you to leave this behind. There's so many reasons why that doesn't make practical sense. There's so many reasons why Abraham should have been afraid. There's so many reasons why he shouldn't have kept taking steps. And by the way, he made some mistakes. But the good news is you can never doubt the fact that he kept surrendering back to God's plan. God speaks that to him and says, look, and he doesn't even give him a lot of details. He said, just, just go where I'm telling you and I'm gonna develop some things in you as you go along the way. Can I hit on one other part of Abraham's story that I think is interesting that we can relate to? He didn't have a great example. His own father stopped halfway 
when God, and scholars even believe that there could be, and I don't want to infer too much on the text, but there could be a, a different narrative here, but his own father, Tehran, he was called by God and stopped halfway. Can I say to some of you first-generation Christ followers, like, get this early, Get this early that you're going to keep coming to moments with God where God's going to say, look, I want you to move from where you are to where I'm taking you. Not necessarily always physically, but always spiritually, God will be moving you. And so you begin to understand and how to cooperate with God. Some of you didn't have good examples in spiritual leaders. You didn't have good examples in your own natural family to keep moving beyond. For in fact, most people say, I want to go beyond, but most people are afraid to. Most people will, will prefer safety and protection over going where God asked them to go. Yet Abraham didn't. We see in the rest of the story, Genesis, we see 15, 17, God brings him the promised child, Isaac. Brings it to him. 100 years old, I guess you're ready to be a dad. Okay, we're good. Some of you know God's not always early. Brings it to him, and here's what I love about Abraham's story as well. In Genesis 22, he tells him to take the promise that he and his wife, up in age, have believed for this promised child, Isaac, and the whole story is mind-blowing, and bring the promise to me and surrender it again. I wish I could tell you, I've been walking with God a long time, and he's asked me to surrender a lot of things. I even had this moment here, I had to really get along with God, say, God, okay, I'll do this if that's what you're asking me to do. I want to say it, it doesn't, I wish I could tell you that I didn't have feelings of fear every time God asked me to take a risky step for him. You always do. I'll tell you one thing that can come up after you've done it a little bit. Abraham, I already left everything. You finally gave me the promise. The story goes, bring the promise and surrender it to me again. And the whole message of that little story is God's provision that he provides a ram and a thicket, which is the picture of Jesus. Let me say something to some of you that have been following Jesus for a while. Be careful lest you say, I already did that. I already did that, God. Don't you remember when I sold everything? Don't you remember when I, don't you remember when? He's like, yeah, but that was then. I wanna do something in you today. Be careful if all your miracle stories happened in the past. Because if you're following a now God, you are right now listening to the voice of God. You are right now following God. And so he brings him to that moment. And of course, Hebrews tells us that God is faithful. He's always faithful. Can I encourage you with this? Your emotion and fear about the faithfulness of God are not reality. Because when you look at the actual track record, he has been faithful. Your emotion is so much stronger many times to tell you that he's not faithful. But when you look at the facts, he has been faithful. Hebrews 6 says he was faithful to Abraham, for when God made the promise to Abraham, since he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself. God says, look, you can count on me. Saying, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply you. And so having patiently waited, he obtained the promise. Abraham is called our father of faith. So he has a model here, and it's a model I see all the way through the Bible. As I said, living God's way will include sort of this process along the way. In my last few moments, let me make it real practical, Jeff. What does it look like to go beyond? What does it look like to live this surrendered life? What does that actually look like? Well, it usually starts with a call to go beyond. It starts with Fernando there saying, I'm tired of this, this life. I, I'm, I'm tired of just faking it till I make it. And God stirs his heart in a moment of prayer and fasting and says, Will you really give it all to me? It starts with a call. 
God is wanting to speak to you. He wants to talk to you. I wanna say this very clearly. God will provide for our next step as a church. Please key in on what I say in the video. It's not the steps you take, it's how you take the steps. Should you get transferred to Philadelphia, Montreal, California, I would hope you would leave this church knowing how to hear the voice of God and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way. That's a principle you should carry with you for the rest of your life. Some of you are like, I don't really know if I know how to hear God. Guess what? He's always speaking. And he's always looking toward his eternal purpose. In fact, next week I'm gonna spend the whole weekend talking to you about how do you hear the voice of God because he wants to talk to us many times more than we wanna listen. And I'm gonna talk to you about how he speaks to us through his word, primarily. How do we use his word to hear from him? How do we walk with him and discern his voice and stay in step with what he's saying? But there'll always come a call and then the second thing behind that is there'll be barriers to it. Most of of which are internal most of which are in the head, but there will be emotions, there will be fears, there will be moments where you try to relate to the call God's currently giving you and you relate it to something that happened to you in your past, which is very common. You superimpose on God your experiences, and so this is a very normal process. And there's resistance, and there's, there's all that comes with it, you know? I tell you, I find that a lot of people I talk to today, they have a theology of no resistance. That's what I find. I have people say, well, well, here's what I'm gonna do. If there's no problems, it's God. I'm like, yep, uh, um, you know, if I can kind of do it on my own, then it's God. Ah, no, 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 actually, in fact, people have what I call open door theology. It's kind of like, well, God will open the door, you know, and it'll just be a stroll right through the door, you know, just, (laughs) ah, In the word, it actually shows us that Paul himself, the Bible says that God opened a great wide effective door for service to him, but I don't know about you, but a lot of those people with Paul after he walked through that door probably were saying, did we really hear God if you read Paul's story? Pressures, challenges, circumstances, situations. Just just remember, if you have no resistance from the devil, you may be moving the same direction he is. So there's resistance that comes from advancing the kingdom of God, from advancing his agenda. Now, we're not working it. We're we're, we're not working and laboring. We're not striving. We're leaning on the grace of God, but we're, we're pushing back the darkness. And so there will be some barriers along the way. You can expect it. But here's the third thing. Our surrender brings that provision. It's what happened when Abraham takes this promise and God provides on the backside of it. I'm not saying there's some kind of manipulation with God. It's just when God realizes that we're trusting him as our source, we're trying to be a willing vessel, which he uses, he shows up and he becomes the strength. He becomes the source. What would you do if you knew God would resource what he's asking you to do? I didn't say he's going to resource everything you want and there's this I'm not saying that. I'm saying if you knew God would resource what he's asking you to do. It's like, I, I will be there as a strength in your weakness. My grace will be sufficient. I will be there. I'll be your source. I find we react more commonly to putting God in a position as if he's not able to provide. That's where I feel we, we, we I know I react that way most of the time out of fear. 
One of my favorite stories to tell is I take my kids, like for a, a, a recently, I have, again, I have daughters, so I go on lots of dates, but we went on a date to Yogurtville. And that's where there's lots of resource of yogurt. Now, you feel healthy because you're eating yogurt, but it's basically ice cream. And, and we now have such an abundance mentality that we get, I mean, the containers are getting huge, y'all. I'm telling you. I mean, I'm with my kids. I'm like, you can't get a five-gallon bucket and get, I mean, you know, just huge, you know. But I like to test my kids, you know. I like to try it, you know, because I'm stuck in a rut. I'm old school. I'm going to get some kind of birthday cake kind of flow, cheesecake birthday cake. I'm going to put hot fudge on it, throw a couple Reese's in there, and a little swirl of caramel. It's healthy, y'all. It's powerful. It's healthy. It's yogurt. And, uh, but I'm going to try theirs. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever experienced this with your kid. Like, it's like there's, there's a machine full of yogurt. You know, I got my debit card. It's like, let's, let's get it on, you know. I tried theirs. They're like, ah, you're going to eat it all. Ah. I mean, you just grab it. And sometimes just hold it for a little bit longer just to watch it manifest. You know, you just, yeah. It's like, have I ever held back yogurt from you? Why are you acting like this? I feel like it's the way we are with God sometimes. Yeah. Ah. He's like. <laughs> Why are you acting this way? And, and, and it's because fear is such a powerful emotion. It's a powerful emotion. Let me give you the simple pattern of living with God. God speaks. Look at this diagram. God speaks. He calls us to go beyond. We have barriers. Our surrender produces his provision along the way. And some of you are like, wow, that's cool. I did it one time. And you think the flag is a finish flag, right? Boom, it's over. We're done. You did it. <laughs> Only problem with God is he goes, okay, let's do it again. <laughs> let's do it again. We're going back, right? We're coming back to it again. And you just keep journeying with God. He speaks. We listen. We say yes to him. We face barriers. He teaches us about his ability to resource. He teaches us about his strength. He teaches us about him being strong on our behalf and living in and through us. And he teaches us that every single time we want to move beyond where we're at. That's just the plan. That's just the way it is. If you want the biblical God and not a God you've made up in your mind, that's the playbook. That's the way it looks every single time. And I love the fact we have people at all generations and ages. We're going to tell you story. And I just want to be very clear. Our surrender has an impact on transformed lives in the kingdom of God. It just does. And that's really what it's all about. It's not brick and mortar. It's the transformed lives. But I will tell you, we're telling stories at all generations. I love the fact that we have a younger generation. Thank God we have needs. Thank God we have some things that God will use as an excuse for us to talk about this stuff. And I'm so thankful that we're teaching and training a younger generation. This is how you walk with God. This is how you walk with God. There will always be things God is doing and asking of you and calling of you. And there will be barriers and you listen to him and God provides we have a generation here at Milestone and you're like, I love the atmosphere among the younger generation. It's because we don't shield them from this. 
We tell them it up front. This is the plan. This will be the plan in your family. This will be the plan when you don't know how to provide for your kid's college. This will be the plan when you start that new business. It's cool to dream up that new business. It looks great on the business plan. But you better learn this. You better learn this. This is life with God. I think about a young boy, teenager named Justin, 14 years old. So we've been in here, some of you are like, wow, this is kind of fast. It, when we get to this next step here and start the process here, it'll be two years since we've been in this building. But it was actually three or four years ago before that that we started what we're sitting worshiping in today and started this process. So we have a whole generation of young people, they started and watched all this happen. And we don't shield them from it, they were part of it. So we're gonna bring the kids, the teenagers, because we're in everyone church, everybody's in. 14-year-old boy, Justin's last name's Pelche, Pelche. He's Cajun, I don't know how to say it. <laughs> he pledged $750. He's 14 years old. What he didn't calculate was when he pledged that, that his father right here on the front row, who's our executive pastor, would be counting the pledges. <laughs> He's 14. His father's like, well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Justin, you have no job, Justin. This is... <laughs> This is no job Justin's pledge, y'all. We, we, we don't have a lot of faith for it. <laughs> he went to him and said, Justin, what are you thinking? And Justin said, well, Pastor Jeff said, that Jeff, he, he said in the message that like, we're moving from what we can do to what God can do through us. His dad's like, well, there's limits, brother. I mean, there's limits, okay? There's limits. He ends up 14, gets a job after that, does pay the pledge off works through the process of watching God provide $750. He then goes on to, he's a sophomore at Texas A&M. Now he can't get everything from God at once, right? You're moving from faith to faith, you know, we see dimly. So he did go to A&M, which that, God will have to deal with that at another phase of his ministry journey. Uh, he's there as a sophomore now studying economics. You know what the saddest thing about it is? There's all these people who have a big dream for business and economics, and they don't know how God's business works. If you don't know how God's business works, then you're looking at the pattern of this world. But be conformed, no, not, not you have to be transformed. Don't be conformed to that pattern. So I'm so thankful that we have a young guy who has a dream to be a Christian businessman, that he learned something about God's plan of living God's way as a 14-year-old. What a great principle that all of us need along the way. I'm gonna ask you if you would to bow your heads with me. And maybe you're like Fernando and you're saying, I need to surrender. I need to get real, I need to get right. And if you do, Jesus is there ready. We, we, he meets us at that point every time we say yes. So if you just say, Jesus, here I am, I wanna surrender to you. I believe you died for me, rose from the dead, come into my life, save me, become my Jesus become my Lord and Savior, he comes in. I'm gonna ask you if you prayed that prayer to let us know so we can help you take steps. Maybe come forward at the end of the service, meet our ministry team, let someone know. Come to 101 so I can meet you. If you're praying to say, I gotta give, I, I, I gotta, I, I'm so thankful for this salvation and this Jesus, but I wanna know how to follow him. We wanna help you. I'm gonna ask everybody listening to me under the sound of my voice, just if you're comfortable, if you would, just, just put your hands on your lap. Just, just open up your palms. Like my daughter put, I wanna live open-handed and not closed-fisted. What a, what a great principle. So, so, so 
what if God could get to you some things by way of his great supply, because you're open-handed, so then he could, he, could, he could move it through you for his purpose. Father, I thank you, Lord, that we're going to, over the next few weeks, we're gonna keep reminding ourselves to live open-handed. Not full of greed, not full of ourselves, not full of us, but just open-handed to you. And we've predetermined to say yes to you, that we might see the significance and fulfillment on the backside of our willingness to surrender to you. You are a great God. You are so generous, so benevolent, so loving, so good. You're not on trial. God, you have been so faithful to us. So we are, we, we are confident that we can put our life in your hands and surrender it because you are so good. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Milestone Church. We hope it's been an encouragement for you today. We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast or discover who we are by visiting our website at milestonechurch.com. 